I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, black, comfortable papa chair in the living room looking over a printout of some of the stories about Christmas that you've been sending. It's a marvelous collection of these things already, and one of them is just, wow, hits you between the ears. I want to thank you for trusting me with these because they are just as much about your life and who you are as about Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Solstice or, or anything. My email address is dick at dicksummer.com. And if you would take a moment to send your story, I promise I will treat it with respect, attention, and affection. Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation, always says, don't let your yesterday take up too much of your tomorrow. But also remember that without yesterday, there wouldn't be a tomorrow. Good advice. Christmas is a 2,000-year-old yesterday. But for me... When the jingle bells rock, I always feel like Santa is telling us one more time that, hey, we really have another shot at changing tomorrow into something better than we've had today. So here's the deal, if you're up for it, okay? I'll tell you one of my Christmas stories if you'll tell me one of yours. You first. Here's a note came in a few years ago from proud podcast participant Len Siegel. Uh, Len was with me during one Christmas Eve broadcast on WBZ in Boston. We were on the air live from Boston Common. If you're not familiar with Boston, Boston Common's a park. It's right in the middle of the city. And every Christmas, they put lights up on every tree. It's not spectacular. It's not like the the big tree at Rock Center in New York. But it's beautiful. It it is quiet. It's It's a perfect place for Christmas lovers. Len's note says, quote, You asked listeners to write to you with their personal thoughts on what Christmas means, and you were struck by how much your listeners opened up their hearts in those letters. You decided to read the letters with the mic outside the studio trailer with the people who had come to see you on the broadcast. Your producer had a fit at the thought of you going into the crowd live because of the possibility of some drunk yelling something naughty, but you overruled him and you did it anyway. I found a metal sanitation barrel which we needed because after you read the letters you were going to burn them as a sign of respect and to warm the crowd a little bit. Everyone was standing around holding hands as you read the letters. I'm Jewish, but it was a wonderful thing to remember, that spirit of goodwill that makes Christmas. Right, Lynn, and thanks. That's a story that I got from you. Lynn is a proud podcast participant, so now it's my turn. I think what I'll do is just, uh, from my story in return. I'll tell you a bit more about the same story. Well, I'm not going to swear that everything I remember is accurate after all of this time. I was on the air from 8 p.m. to midnight, and I planned on reading the letters at about 11.45. And I mentioned that on the air, and I said, hey, come on down, drop in. By 9 o'clock, we had a pretty good crowd. By 10, the crowd was probably in the hundreds. By 11 p.m., there was a traffic problem on Charles Street, which is the street just outside the park. Now, remember, this is a spur-of-the-moment thing that I did. I didn't have permission from anybody, like the police department or the radio station, to do this. By 11.30, I'll bet you there were a 1,000 people gathered around, and the cops had some extra troops out trying to untangle traffic. I figured I was in trouble. (laughs) 
And then one of the cops came over and he saw what was going on and he smiled and he just said, hey, Merry Christmas. And then some of the artists from the Unicorn Coffee House up the block came by. As I recall, it was Tom Rush, Jose Feliciano, Jamie Brockett, and I think Mitch Kurtzman was there. At quarter to 12, as I had planned to do, I took the mic outside and I, I started reading the letters and, and then burning them after I finished reading them. I, I consider that that's a sign of respect for something that you can't keep but it's too precious to throw the way. You know, you burn something like that. We had a pretty good bonfire going, I got to tell you. And as if on cue, a slow snowfall started. And just before midnight, we all sang Silent Night together. Hey, have you ever heard a thousand people sing Silent Night? while they're standing close enough together to keep warm by a Christmas Eve bonfire in the snow. Maybe you were there. If so, I want to thank you. It was a long time ago, but I'll never forget it. Never. Your turn. My address is dick at dicksummer.com. There's a blog on uh, DickSummer.com, and I posted a note on it the other day asking for some of your Christmas stories. And I was telling you when we first started with this podcast, one of them really hit me between the ears. It, it was just a few quick words from somebody who didn't leave his name. It just said, last Christmas Eve, my wife dumped me. Whew. That's pretty tough any time of the year, huh? But when it happens at Christmas, <laughs> wow. And it happens a lot around Christmas. Sometimes it's the result of what happens at a company holiday party when a hot new romance starts and, and stops an old one cold. Whitney Houston sang a song about something like that. And there's a story in the Night Connections personal audio CD that explains how it happens. So I put the story together with the song because I really think they go together. If I should stay I would only be in your way So I'll go but I know I'll think of you every step of the way. You're going to need a whole lot of strength tonight. Enough strength to end the love affair. Now, tonight, for good. He's been cheating, and you finally figured out why. The biggest thing that's gone wrong with your love affair is simply that things stopped getting better. It was so perfect right from the start that there really wasn't any way that you could think of to keep making it better. And that's exactly why she can give him something that you don't have anymore. She's just something new. 
And even smart people like him often make the mistake of thinking that something new is necessarily something better. He's one of those guys who has the ability to get a woman's juices flowing. It's a talent. It's like perfect pitch or the ability to throw a baseball accurately. It has nothing to do with being handsome or rich or even smart. He's just one of those people who stays in your mind just by walking into the room where you are. And I... started telling him things like the main reason a woman loves wearing a pretty dress is the fantasy of having someone remove it from her slowly and gracefully and he started playing games he started looking you straight in the eyes trying to get you to laugh before he did soon neither of you wanted to laugh I hope life treats you kind You have all you dreamed of And I wish you joy and happiness But above all this, I wish you
and so it's over. But you're determined to give him one more thing that's new. So you're going to show him some of that new strength of yours and the words that you're going to use when you tell him it's over are short and strong. You're going to say, if anyone asks, never deny that we were lovers. Never be ashamed of anything we did. And that way, if the truth of us is ever too much for some future lover of yours, you'll always have the power of our time together shining in your heart to keep it from breaking. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all away. The story is in the Night Connection's personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy without the song, just go to DickSummer.com. Downloaded from the Night Connections icon on the homepage. You know, there's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. Being alone can be a relief. Being lonely just eats your heart out. So, what can we do this Christmas when we have a shot at making tomorrow a little better than today for somebody who can use a little of your leftover Mary? How about this? Let's play pick a person. Any person you know. But a person who maybe never got very much of your attention. A person who never seems to get very much of anybody's attention. Maybe somebody like Eleanor Rigby's friend, Father Mackenzie. Just pick a person and pay attention to him or her. Don't go overboard. Don't make a big deal about this. Just you know, soften your voice a little bit when you talk to her. Or smile a little bit more gently at him. Or, or clean up your favorite joke and make time to tell it to her. Look him in the eye and smile again. Start a conversation, even if it's just about the weather. And listen, really listen to her. Maybe give him a, a very small present, like a, a Tootsie Roll or a cupcake, you know. Wish him Merry Christmas and mean it. I, most of us have never done anything like that before. But, you know, Santa says that that just means we've let too many of our yesterdays take up too much of our tomorrows. And Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation, says, nah, it just means Merry Christmas. Okay, 
Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.